0: And we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host. One of your co-hosts, Blake Rufino, is one, uh, I'm joined. And beside the other co-host, Joe DeLeon, good evening, good sir.
1: Blake, we're, we're so close. We're, we're so damn close to this game, man. I, I need it to kick off now. I, I know it's a very cliched thing to say. It sucks that the game is on a Monday night. I wish it was played yesterday. But regardless, Natty's almost here. Natty it. Natty
0: is almost here. Um, and a lot of things are going to come from this, I, th- I feel like. Like, what is Harbaugh's future? You know, then, Joe, it, 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 we, we technically turn a page into a, a, a year, you know, 2013 or 2023 is over, and now 2024 is, is here. You got so many different things that will be going on during the year. How's the playoff format going to look like? You know the the five and seven was was deemed eligible instead of the six and six. Mm-hmm. You got twelve team playoff. Just so you got Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Just so many different things that after
1: this game is concluded, you start looking forward to. Well, so that's that's a really interesting way to to look at that perspective, and I think yes, we're so focused on the game and all of our attention is going to go towards the game for good reason. It's, it's the culmination of a fantastic season, but I don't think people are really realizing and how much it's setting in that as soon as that game is done and that final whistle sounds, a completely different era of college football starts. A, a completely no different wave of college football with the expanded playoff, with one conference dying and now all these bolstered, conferences with all the Pac-12 teams that went and joined it and then the possibility that the ACC undergoes a destruction like the Pac-12 did over the offseason we are about to enter what is supposed to what, which is likely going to be one of the most impactful offseasons in the history of college football there either could be nothing happening or there could be an an unsettling amount of unprecedented unprecedented events that lead to huge massive changes in the landscape of college football.
0: No question. And, and look, some teams have already started to prepare for, obviously, uh, 2024. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. So some of the topics that we'll, we'll talk about here tonight, Joe, obviously the national championship run. Blake Baker does get hired by LSU, even though that we talked about that. Uh, it was kind of developing while we were on our last show on, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday, I forget. Wednesday. So we'll, we'll talk about that they are tigers almost also get the number one player in the country to commit. How about that? And, uh, Bryce Underwood, who, who committed, uh, to the LSU Tigers. by the way, who did they pass up to be in the number one spot, uh, in recruiting?
1: Yeah. Notre Dame's coming. Okay. no, oh, Dame's oh, coming. Oh, Notre you, you you, 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 oh. you said all that down. Notre Dame's coming. Okay. No, you relax.
0: Oh, oh okay. Well, <laughs> one, we know Marcus Freeman is, he got like 17 kids. Uh, we'll talk about Salter staying at Liberty. Uh, thought he was going to go to Auburn but looks like he's staying put uh, at Liberty and then Joe probably the biggest bombshell of the week, Quinshawn Judkins hits the transfer portal. Uh, we'll talk about that as well.
1: The the Quinshawn Judkins thing had to have been one of the weirdest news hits of the cycle because not only was it unexpected, but I haven't had a single guy enter the portal that I've had so many different people message me about it was it was really weird I had a lot of different people DM me like try to feed me info and I'm like what 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 is going on here I and all of it was different all of it was conflicting none of it was consistent I had one person telling me uh that he was just gonna end up back at Old Miss and he was posturing he was trying to get money which is what I texted you and then I heard from from you and then from other people that he was likely gone and that there was some sort of uh, rift going on between him and the coaching staff, and him and, and guys in the locker room because he wanted a more prominent role. He wants to get this this massive bag. That one of the craziest, craziest waves in the transfer portal. I don't think him going somewhere is going to truly be an impactful, like final piece for a team to go on a national championship run. But the the headline itself is is unbelievable. Well, and, and what's the truth?
0: Right, So you have Ole Miss people out there saying that he was a, a locker room issue and a cancer and that Lane just let him walk. I don't know how much. I, I mean, it, does it probably have legs to it? I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure it does. I, I'm sure that there was rifts in the locker room with him, whatever. That didn't feel like the reason that he's leaving. I don't think Lane Kiffin walked up to him and said, leave. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't no. think he walked up to him and said, leave. Uh, maybe m- maybe I'm wrong on that one. So we got lots and lots and lots to discuss. Uh, Terserio, am I saying that right, Joe? Terserio87 sure, sure. uh, says, Blake, Blake, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. With a $5 super chat, probably. I mean, he no,
1: he's so 1,000% right. I think he's talking about Blake Baker, not talking about you. Did you, uh, did you think that he was talking about you? I thought he was talking about me. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would play it off like that, too. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got to have to specify
0: who he who he's rooting for here. So, You're yes, right. we will talk about that. The Tigers do make him the highest-paid
1: Oh, he is talking about you. I thought he was talking about All oh, right, I'm a dick then. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, you Jeffrey Dahmer-looking thing, you. <laughs> all, right, okay. all right, all right, all uh, right. Tony says, hit the like and share button. Absolutely, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. How about that? Let's waste no time in doing it, Joe, because we do have lots to discuss. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share if you're on Facebook. Joe, I mean, already in January, over 50,000 views uh, on that, which is nuts. Nice. Do us a favor. Hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. If you're on Facebook, share to your own social media pages. Wherever you're listening to us, watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We got a national title game to talk about. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events. With the first to market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B L E A V, 50, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. We're back. I it's kind of a good way to start this because Cody McGee with a 499 Super Chat says I think Lincoln Riley is going to regret what he said about how he's going to beat the brakes off of the Big 10 slapping barbecue sauce on his opponents. Um he doesn't he he, he is going to have to put on barbecue sauce but that badass brisket that horrible looking brisket that he cooked a couple years ago, Joe. Yeah. I mean, thank you Cody for the Super Chat, but yeah, I mean, look you know, I, I, I don't, could they be a top four team in the big 10? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe they can do some things and surprise surprises. You know, Miller Moss looked pretty good in their ball game, Joe, but I, I don't think that they're going to be
1: the breaks off of anybody. Really? I, I think there's a realistic path for them to improve next year, but Yeah, to that point, I I don't think that they're in a position of strength like a lot of people thought that they were going to be coming into the Big Ten. I I really do not think that they're in a spot where they're going to finish in the top three of the conference next year. There there is just too much competition. They they have to find a way to beat out Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, and Washington just amongst the top grouping. Penn State also returns a lot of important players. Like there, There is going to be too much competition for them. It could be a rude awakening. It could be a serious, serious rude awakening. We we all know how I feel about USC and Lincoln Riley, so you know we don't <laughs> we don't we don't need to rehash anything. Yeah,
0: I mean, look,
1: uh, is there a path? Do I like Miller
0: Moss a lot? Do I think he runs the system probably even a little bit better than Caleb Williams? I don't think he's a better prospect, but he does run no. that system uh, yeah. a little bit better uh, than he did. So we'll we'll see as they as they go on. But one opponent, well. I was gonna say one opponent that, well, technically, okay. USC plays both of these opponents next year. It's a It is an all Big Ten. Joe, let's call it what it is. It is an all Big Ten title game tomorrow between the two between Washington and Michigan. I did It just hit me. I didn't even realize that
1: an all Big Ten matchup uh, this weekend. Who, who tomorrow? Who who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would end up with two big t- the Big Ten runs college football? Sounds like sounds like what you're getting at. It's a new era of college football, Blake. The Big no. Ten runs college football. You have
0: one, they would have one year of winning or playing for a national title, and you want to say that they're taking over? Yeah, like, do you do this just for like? What do you do? Th- what do we, what do you do this to me for? Just to piss you off, you know. that. Uh, Okay, there it is. All right, so look, let's start here with this national title game. So the last time we talked, we previewed it. uh, We gave our thoughts. And I know from Washington fans, there's a lot of them that think I'm just going to come in here and poo-poo on them like they thought I've been doing all year, which has not been the case. Okay, at least and not in my eyes. I still like Washington a lot, specifically offensively. But, Joe, as, as as we're a day away from this, my mindset has not changed completely on what I think this ge- – what's going to happen in this game. There are parts of me that think that Michigan's going to choke them out in the running game. They, they can do some of the things that they want to do offensively, maybe being even a little bit better than some expect offensively. The problem that I have in taking Michigan is that – Washington just has three trees on the outside. Dudes. Outright dudes in McMillan, a and Polk. I, 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 Michigan better play keep away because if they don't, I think that their boundary corners are going to have issues. Like, I, I just don't see a scenario where they don't. I've seen them all year long have issues against really talented wide receivers. Joe, they, they have not been able that great when they face really talented dudes on the outside. I mean, they just haven't. I do think, And I told you this when the playoffs started. The best matchup for Michigan in the semifinals was Alabama because they're both going to play the same kind of style. What does Michigan look like when they face an offense that is this explosive? That is The the ultimate question becomes the number one defense that some people believe in the country in Michigan versus one of the better, if not
1: top two offenses in all of college football, this being uh, the Washington Huskies. To clarify, one of the points that we had that I think that we got um, attacked a little bit for was talking about Washington's receiver group matching up with Michigan's secondary. And a lot of the comments were saying like, well, they played Ohio State this year. They've they they've got a lot of really good receivers. Yes, they played against Ohio State and they did a strong job of that. Hey, Marvin Harris Jr. Michael right. Marvin Harris Jr. had a good game and the rest of the guys were we're kind of left out of the mix. The whole point of what we're talking about is there's only one team in college football that has three receivers of the quality of what Washington has in McMillan, Adunze, and Polk. Those guys that even if you play, even if Will Johnson plays his best game of the year, one-on-one with Roma Adunze, and say he just completely takes him out of the game, even if the secondary guys in in the rotation play good games, they're still going to get open Polk and McMillan. Those guys are not just secondary tertiary options. Those are number one receivers on any of the big 10 teams that they faced. Those are the best receivers on any of the teams, not that they named faced no
0: IRTA, but yes,
1: right. What we're getting at here is that it's going to be really hard to keep up with them. And that, that lies with where I lean in my pick. I think that Washington wins this game 35 to 31. I think it's going to be close. We know that Michigan can score points when they need to. They're they're, mischaracterized and people not knowing and and agreeing that they're an explosive team and they can put points up on the board. But if this game comes down to a singular drive, I think that Washington wins it and they win it 35 to 31. I just think that Michigan
0: has the style of play that if you do want to beat Washington, you can. Because I don't think that Washington is good enough defensively to counteract what Michigan does and what they want to do. Joe, I do see a scenario where Michigan can run the ball on them, right? Like, I, I do. I think that they're going to get J.J. McCarthy involved. I mean, it's
1: likely. Actually, I would go as far as to say it's very likely they have it's a good very, day running the ball.
0: It's very likely that they're going to be able to impose their will up front. So, if that is the case and you're able to chew up the clock and give that defense time and rest for Michigan – do Can they come up with something? Are they going to be a rested unit when it comes to the fourth quarter? And that ultimately becomes a big thing, too. Another thing, Joe, I, I do worry for Michigan, though, in one area, special teams. Like, I, I'm worried about them. there, and, and nobody wants to talk about Like, I, I do think that Harbaugh gets this. I, I think they get the snaps fixed, right? Like, yeah, I, I think they'll get the snaps fixed. But just to some of the decision making, you know, like some of the decision making, like filling the ball at your own one, that's bad decision making. So I I just see the path that where Washington can be on their heels a little bit. But I I will say, uh, Washington, I've been doubting them all year long. And for tonight, I am done with that. Is there a scenario where – Joe, I think the score is going to be 31-28 30, either team. Yeah. I, I think it's a very evenly matched game. The, the question becomes also with this. I, I think two things play another factor here. Harbaugh has the experience in these type of games, big, high-profile games. He just – I mean, he lost the Super Bowl to his brother for crying out loud. And I think Harbaugh, for, for all the things that's been said about him, Joe – before he started this little playoff run that he's had, Joe, he's a good coach. Like he did not fumble the ball on the one yard line last year in the playoff. Maybe could he have done some different things here and there along the way, yes, but there's a reason that he's going to be one of the only coaches to ever coach in a Super Bowl, be a head coach for a Super Bowl and be a head coach for a national title. That means because he's good. Now, DeBoer has been proving everybody wrong, and half the country doesn't – I agree with Josh Pate. I, I talked to uh, – listened to him. We we talked about this. I think we even ad- interacted on Twitter about it. Nobody, two-thirds of the country has no idea who Washington's head coach is. None. So I'm not saying that DeBoer doesn't have the experience. He's not a good coach. But I, I have seen Harbaugh in, the, in these situations. The, the last thing for me is I know that Washington – and we talked about the ways for them to win. I'm not saying abandoning the run. But, Joe, how how good is that Michigan defensive line going to be against the mm-hmm. Joe Moore award winner? I, I, right. That is another thing to watch early. I just don't think Michigan's going to be able to slow down Washington like some of their fans believe that they will. Okay? Because I think that your biggest uh, – Joe, I think Michigan's biggest weakness as a team, not named – I'm not going to get into conversation with you about J.J. McCarthy – their biggest their biggest weakness for me is what they have at Boundary Corner. I, I think that that's more than fair. And I think the biggest strength for them as an offense is what they have on the outside in Washington. So with that, I think it's 31-28. Michigan, I think they choke Washington out long enough to where that they're going to be able to, you know control the line of scrimmage. And I just I, I like Michigan at the line of scrimmage on both sides a little bit more. OK, by what they want to do. So for that, I'm
1: going to take I'm going to take the Wolverines. There's two ways that I see this game plays out. And I actually before you texted me your score prediction on Friday, I had that same score prediction written down for if Michigan won, what it, what would happen it, for it to be 31 to 28. The two th- the ways that I see this game playing out is that Washington starts hot they put points on the board really quickly. They they build a 10-point lead. It feels like Michigan's still in it, but they're just they're just not a, up up to par and able to play catch up like we've seen all these other teams try to do. That that is the way that Washington has won is by building a lead and then forcing teams to play catch up. If they win, it's going to be because they do that. If Michigan wins, the flip side of this is that they get after Michael Penix, they get home and they get the sacks that nobody else has been able to get and they run the ball really effectively to put a couple scores on the board and to take a 10-something point lead by halftime. Washington's good enough to get back into this game to make it a three-point game, and then ultimately what will probably happen is Michigan will have the ball in some sort of a final drive to then just close the thing out. If Michigan wins, it's going to be because they dominate the time of possession, they dominate the line of scrimmage, and they run the ball as well as we've seen them do it. It's just, in general, this game is going to be so different on either side depending on who wins – because their styles are so freaking different. They're, they're so different. It's it's really weird trying to map out how this game is going to feel. Because we're not going into Alabama, Michigan. And we're not going into Washington, Texas. Where we lined that shit up perfectly. Like We couldn't have predicted either of those games any better than we did. Except my outcomes were correct. Yours were wrong. Um, but the way that those games were played, we predicted them accurately. I, I think there's a million different ways that this game could play out. You know, like I was not out of
0: completely wrong on Washington. I haven't been completely wrong on them. That's and you true. know that I haven't. They're, Joe, there's a reason that their defense is in the hundreds. There, there is a reason. Yeah. You, you, you can ignore statistically what they do. Now, I saw somebody in chat said, well, they stopped Texas's running game. Their best back was out. This is a completely different animal that you face in a completely different running game. They also didn't stop Texas's running game. Texas stopped running the football. That's correct. That's where I was going. You did not stop it. They're running for close to six yards of carry. You ain't stopping shit, okay? The bottom bottom line for me, though, Joe, if if they're unable to... Now, I agree with you. Let me say this. I agree with you on one thing. If Washington wins, they just got to go out guns blazing. Like... I'm not again. You got a really good back in Johnson. You know, some I, I was listening to a Washington podcast. The guy said that he thought that he was going to play. Okay, well if he plays, then great. And if he doesn't, I think you're in trouble. But I, I just don't know if I I see a scenario where if they don't come out guns like they're not. I don't think they control the clock against Michigan the way that they were able to do against Texas. No, no. I, I I don't think you need to get into that kind of game with them. That's the, that wasn't even Texas's style of game. The reason you got into that situation was because Texas completely abandoned the run, even though it was having massive amounts of success for them. They abandoned it. So, look, I, we get to a situation where I, I think it's 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 you know what you know what I, I was thinking about this morning. I'm so intrigued by this, and, and I don't know if all the country feels like me. I'm so intrigued. Of the different styles going at it, that is the most intriguing part to me. You know, Joe, it's like a, it's like a, a an Ali versus a Mike Tyson in a way. What style works? What like are you going to be a short, broody kind of just bulldozer of a guy? Or are you going to be high flying? You know, jab, jab, jab. You know, rope a dope. Like you just out there, <clears throat> high flying.
1: It's a it's a very intriguing matchup to me. I want to add in this before we kind of close out our thoughts on it. If Washington, I, I I'm not worried about Michigan doing this. I I feel like Michigan having been in the playoff three times now, and as you as we've talked about, Harbaugh has so much big game experience. Has he succeeded often? Not necessarily, but he's got a lot of big game experience. I'm not fearful of Michigan coming in and feeling skittish, but if Washington plays skittish and they you know they they play a little overly conservative to start this game like you're talking about, if they don't come out swinging and don't come out taking shots like we're used to them seeing them do, the game's over. Michigan wins the football game if that happens. They're too aggressive and they're too physical for if that to happen, for Washington to score in their first drive. That's like the biggest thing for me. That's, That's where I'm coming out with this. Take a bunch of shots, score on the first drive, score as quickly as possible, build the momentum early. That's what they need.
0: Yeah, that it would it would really help them and go a long way if they were able to dictate the pace. If I'm them, I, I agree with you. I take the ball first. I'm I'm going full fledged. I'm yeah. going right at them. I'm taking shots. Let let like let's get this thing rolling. I, I will counteract this with one thing. Okay, I Michael Penix is getting a lot of run in this game about you know how great of a season and quarterback he is. I. I told – what did it, what did I tell you all offseason? I am a Michael Penix homer. I love him. I, I think he's a great quarterback. This game comes down to one dude, though, and that's J.J. McCarthy because I know what Michael Penix can give me. I, I, I've seen it for two years on the things that Michael Penix can do, dropping uh, balls, paws. Into a, you know, into only the place that his receivers can catch it. I've seen him win big games. I've seen him. I've seen JJ too, but seen him win big games by him throwing the football. Okay, JJ McCarthy. We're gonna find out a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much about how he has progressed. I, I, I gotta tell you though, I agree with you on one big thing though too. They're gonna have to take shots with him. They did not look. We saw them get down against Alabama, and that is the worst team in the in this playoff to get down to. Because normally, Nick Saban, when he finally takes that lead there at the end, he chokes you chokes you out, right? Like he just defensively, they put so much pressure on you. The moment you're not able to overcome, well, I didn't see that with JJ McCarthy in the last game that we saw him play. Joe, I saw him responding, and I'm going to just say what it is at will. That third – midway through the third and through the fourth, J.J. McCarthy was one of the better – best – it was the best ball that I had seen him play against a really competent opponent, a really good opponent. I think he went so, – I think he went 92%, Joe, in completion percentage the last 20 minutes of the game. Like, that is elite-level type of stuff. You're going to have to get him involved in the running game too. But if yeah. he – just if he, if he resol- reverts back to – Some of the things, like even what we saw from him in the first half, some, I do think it could be a long night for Michigan.
1: Well, here's the thing. And this is why I've said that Washington has to get that early lead and they have to dictate the pace. JJ McCarthy had a good game because they ran the ball really well. And that was able to set up the rest of their offense. It almost went downhill immediately off of that stupid throw that he threw on the first drive where he should have thrown a pick. We talked about that already. I think that if they play within that structure, he's going to have a great game. But like you're talking about, if things start to get out of hand and they have to play catch up and they have to throw the ball 30 plus times to play catch up, can he actually step up to that challenge? That's a challenge that I have never seen him step up to. I have never seen him get called upon, hey, you're down 10 points. You have to get your team back into the game. We can't um, run the freaking football. We're No, but the the only time that I could think of it was last year against TCU and he played like shit. They called on him way too much and put too much on his shoulders and he played like shit in in last year's playoff. You I mean, you don't give him a lot of credit for last week? Or yeah, last no, week? No, no, no. I'm giving him credit for last week. What I'm saying You just don't think they they only threw the ball twenty-seven times. They only threw the ball 27 times. I'm saying that if it gets into a situation where they're down 10 points and this they're not playing Alabama. They're not playing Alabama where they can just show up, get a you know, force a three and out, get the football back. They're going up against Washington. If they're down by 10, they have to be able to keep up with them. They have to be able to throw the ball 35 plus. I
0: I disagree with you on that, on this point. I don't think you're gonna need it. it, Joe, because what you'll do is you'll come on you'll come into the show and you'll say, Well, well, Blake, you're there. they were only down 10 points. They completely abandoned their game plan. They didn't
1: run the football. They put wait, it No, no, no. wait, wait, wait. I think you're mixing what I'm saying here. If they're – If is it gets into that situation, down they down, have yeah. – Yes. Okay. I'm going to obviously say that, yes, they abandoned their game plan. I'm obviously going to say that. Okay, but, but the
0: point is, being down 10 in like the third quarter – you can go down there and score. You don't have to completely
1: put it on his shoulders to do so. I I, I disagree at a certain point. If you're still down, you have to eventually rely on your quarterback. My point is – No, is I, if, if I'm, it, not, I'm not saying that. Okay. What I said is
0: you're, you're not going to make him throw the ball 15 times in a quarter to try to get you out of it. If they're down 10, okay, that's not going to be their game plan. Their game plan is just going to be to run the football, burn clock. They're not going to do that.
1: If they're down, that's what Washington wants them to do. They want if them they to try and run the ball. Listed, they they, they never them. panicked. They never once panicked. Because they were playing against a completely different style of team. My whole point sure. is that if, if they're in this situation if they're the fourth playing fourth quarter. But, but I would
0: make the argument, though. They're playing against a completely and much better and much more talented
1: defense. Yeah, okay. Yes, but that doesn't even – that doesn't apply to this situation because Alabama does not move as quickly as uh, nearly as quickly as Washington does. What I'm trying to get is if it's the fourth quarter and you're down by 10 points, they start running the football, the game's over. There's not enough time in the game left in the fourth quarter for them to just run the football. If they're down and that's in this this world does end up happening and they they're going to have to abandon their game plan at some point. What I'm trying to get at is if they have to call on him to actually play the position and be the guy, which we don't see often. It is going. It could lead to challenges. How does he actually play? Is what I'm asking. Well, sure, Joe. If you're down ten with eight
0: minutes left to go, yeah, you're gonna have to abandon it. When I'm, what you with the the argument that I was just trying to make and what it sounded like was like, hey, you know, Washington comes out, they get a touchdown, get a stop, they kick a field goal. You know, it's ten nothing, and Michigan, you know, abandons their game plan. That's what I was trying to, at least. That's how I felt like. That's you had, not what I meant.
1: That's yeah. That's okay. not well, what
0: that's I meant. How, that's how I took it. I mean, Michigan's not gonna. Michigan's not gonna change what they do. Now, ultimately, if they have to, of course. I'm not saying that. I'm not. As somebody said, Blake's on crack. Okay, I'm not on crack. I mean, I just I guess misinterpreted or what what Joe had said. All yeah. right, so I got 31-28. Michigan, you're taking the Huskies. Washington fans celebrate because they feel like they're going to win a national title because I have been one I'm one in four uh betting against uh washington this year uh and all this gonna be a good one though gonna be gonna be a hell of a good one all sure. right let, let's transition we didn't put this in the, Joe so we were sitting here and I probably should have uh been the one to say that we forgot about this um but I talked about it yesterday morning so uh did a, a special show because of the hiring maybe I just felt like I was talking about it but Uh, Blake Baker, the former Missouri defensive coordinator, now the new LSU defensive coordinator, uh, switched and went back to where his wife is from, actually, Joe, who played – so she played soccer uh, at LSU. They come back to LSU where he was in 2021 as the linebacker's coach, making him the highest-paid assistant in the country, $2.5 million in a three-year contract. For Blake Baker, when you saw the news, and I know that we had talked about it on Wednesday, that I'd started hearing some stuff, uh, and we had talked about it there. When you saw the news, go final. What were your initial thoughts?
1: Well, I feel like we already kind of knew where this thing was going, and you know, it's it sounded like how quickly his name emerged as a potential candidate. Uh, it, it was pretty clear that he was going to end up there. That, weirdly, there's a a contingency of people that believe that this isn't a good hire. I I don't understand any of those people that don't think that this isn't a fantastic move to go get Blake Baker. Missouri defensively had no right being as good as they were over, you know, this past year and improving that they transitioned and developed and played at a very high level very quickly. And despite having some games where they lost and looked like shit, like the way that they played against LSU, the way that they played against Georgia, there were still a lot of bright spots. There were still a lot of bright bright spots for Blake Baker in this defense. I, I think this is huge. This is massive for them. Now the price tag, I, you know, you got to spend money to go get them. I, I hope it works out and they're not paying another buyout. But it, it's still a fantastic move.
0: I don't think LSU cares. That's why, LSU? Joe, when you when you talked about Mike Dimbrock and people and Notre Dame saying that LSU would not match, would not match that, like. And, and even people that I talk to around here. So that was complete horseshit. I, I mean, like, do you – LSU is not – I promise you, LSU is not the place where if you want to get in a beating war, they will go toe-to-toe with you. There's a reason they're constantly in top five, top seven in recruiting. There's a reason that they've won or second in national championships behind Alabama since 2003. I, I mean, they will spend the money. I, I said this on my uh, LSU show. I I I, I really like the move because, like you mentioned, Joe, when we were talking about it in the in the preseason, I picked Missouri as the second team in the East for me. And I, the, the reasoning then that I will say continue to say now is not Luther Burden. It wasn't Brady Cook. It wasn't what they had at running back with Schaefer and all. Like none of that mattered to me because I knew that they would be better offensively. Blake Baker got Eli Drinkwitz off the hot seat because of what they did defensively, right? Like, even in the loss against Georgia, Joe, like, that was the first time that we had seen Georgia, and back-to-back years, I might add, where, yeah, they ultimately were able to break through because of a talent barrier between Georgia and Michigan. I mean, Georgia and, and Missouri, excuse me. But it wasn't because Blake Baker didn't absolutely dominate that game. Both of those games, both of the toughest teams that he played he, he dominated in, meaning Blake Baker and the defense. I think it's an excellent hire for the Bayou Bengals. I think it's uh, one that came with a little assistance um, in reference to, you know, him already being here and the connections that they have here and, and Brian Kelly asking people about uh, Blake Baker. But, Joe, we saw, you know, the transformation that he had for a guy in like Damone Clark uh, in 2021 and the legacy went there. I think the biggest winner in all this is not LSU. I think it's Harold Perkins. I I 1,000% believe that Harold Perkins, who was out of position so many times this year, not playing in in his right roles, um, this defense does have talent in areas, Joe. And I think what we've seen from LSU offensively the last two years, you get a defense that actually can be, you know, just – Middle of the pack and and start working their way up. LSU could get their find themselves back in the playoff.
1: I also don't think that there's much of a talent gap between the current LSU defense and Missouri's defense last year. i, I and I know that that's pro, could possibly piss some people off by making that statement. There really there really isn't. I think there was a lot of misplaced and miscoached players last year on lSU's defense. I, I mean, you that. I remember you posting these clips and stuff last year or this past season of guys being misaligned, guys getting blown off the ball. like That shit comes down to Matt House and his coaching and his scheme. I think that Blake Baker, for what he did with pieces, talented pieces, good athletes that needed the right coaching and the right delivery, he got them to play it at a high level. And I think that LSU is not far off from that group of guys from Missouri that he got to play as well as they did. I also think a huge part to this, I understand that Eli Drinkwitz is the head coach, and the head coach is the biggest cog in recruiting. But the the guys that he has attracted, Blake Baker is the defensive coordinator that were interested in playing for his defense. The five-star recruits that were willing to come be a part of Missouri, that is going to be even more for the long term of of other players that they're going to be able to uh, get to come to LSU. Well, it, it's
0: interesting because now Eli does have to make a move. I mean, this isn't just an LSU show. Now he's got to go find a DC. We'll we'll talk about that when he makes his. Yeah. Um. But I I, I just think for me that you had a guy that br- helped bring a team back to some form of relevance in Missouri. Um. And, and look, every time you hire a coach, there's a trickle effect, and and here is a trickle effect uh, that happens for Mizzou. One thing I'll point out. Uh, to you here, Joe. Brian Kelly has, you know, Matt House excluded. Brian, and I'm going to talk about this on my show uh, on Tuesday. Brian Kelly has had a very good track record of defensive coordinators, right? Matt House being the one that kind of got away a little bit, but you have three head coaches. You have one in Mike Elko, another one in Clark Lee, and then now Marcus Freeman, okay, is the head coach at Notre Dame. I don't think that you can. That can be overlooked by yeah. some of the coaching, the guys that he has coached, uh, and them all being head coaches too in the SEC. He
1: he does have a good coaching tree. I I I, I jokingly brought up Brian Van Gorder the other day and and all that stuff. So it, it I, I here's the only thing I will say. When he misses, he misses really really freaking bad that's the i'm i'm, I'm not trying to take AKA, a dig aka madhouse uh, madhouse and brian van gorder it, it's not like when he misses it's a guy who's like really average and it's like ah, oh, the defense could be a little bit better like i feel like with bama the times that they've had a bad defensive coordinator or a bad offensive coordinator it's just been like uh oh, it's not as good as it usually is you know uh for, for example oh my god why am i blinking on Hello, um, Brian? No, no, no the the uh, the, the current old miss defensive coordinator. Holy shit! Oh, Pete, Pete Golding. Golding, like Pete Golding's a good example. Just didn't but really he fit. Still, still Sto- Sto- a good defense. But that really was one good. of his – Think about it though. That's one of his worst defensive coordinators in the past decade, and he still had great numbers and is doing great things at so Old Miss. So had like four top fifteen defenses. Th- right. That's that's my whole point. Is that right. when he misses, it's just a guy that doesn't really fit. When Brian Kelly's missed, they are dumpster level bad like dumpster horrible level bad i'm not saying that blake baker is going to be bad That's not what i'm trying to get at but we just got to be a little careful that sometimes you know the floor falls out
0: well and, and here's another thing blake baker i were here's the ultimate thing and i'll wrap it up with this that i think changes look joe we've seen from brian kelly whether notre dame lsu taking it you know just take your bias or what you think out of him offensively, they've done good things. I mean, look what they did this year. I mean, he's a really good offensive coach. I think for, for Brian Kelly, he wants to be with the quarterbacks and be on the offensive side of the football. He's that kind of CEO where Nick is with the defense. He wants a defensive coordinator that can run it. The biggest problem that LSU had this year was not necessarily always personnel. It was culture. And Blake Baker, as soon as he steps off the plane and gets to football lobs in Baton Rouge, the culture completely changes. And 2. that is and that is what I think you pay the $2.5 million to go get. Like, hey man, you're on the preface on the preface. Look, you just saw what Garrett Nussmeyer just did, uh, Joe. The last time we saw him in meaningful action. Okay, against Wisconsin, he threw for 395. The time before that, he threw for 300 yards and a half against Georgia, the national championship winner. And a half. A half. Okay? Offensively, they're there. You know, and I see in the chat somebody said only if Brian Kelly could recruit. Um, well, it kind of leads me to my next point. Joe, the 2025, okay, Number one player in the country, Bryce Underwood, committed yesterday to the Bayou Bengals. LSU got the number one player in the country. They are now the number one class in the country on three. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me just say this. I do think Brian Kelly had some assistance on this one, obviously, with a really good recruiter and Joe Sloan, the quarterback's coach. He might be their next OC, too. Who knows? But Jane Daniels, opened the doorway for a guy like Bryce Underwood to come here. Joe, Joe Burrow opened the door for a guy like Bryce Underwood to come here, right? Those two dudes, regardless if they've ever talked to Bryce Underwood a day in their life, I think is a big reason why he commits to LSU like he did yesterday.
1: Yeah, I kind of wonder how that quarterback room is going to really shape up, and you know who might eventually hop in the portal and leave, and what ends up happening with that. Because I, I was looking at it after he committed, I'm like, damn, they got a lot of highly recruited quarterbacks that are in this room. I wonder who actually sticks around. But I'll not no, no, name Bryce Underwood. I'll promise you that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's not hard to recruit quarterbacks when you have a guy who just won the national championship, especially when you're a recruiting guy that's also a good good athlete similarity in traits to jane daniels brian kelly now has a huge advantage for recruiting that position recruiting skill position players he's about to put out two first round picks at receiver and quarterback right it's not gonna be hard it's it's not gonna be hard
0: never is here if we're just being honest it never really is and i do think i do think that brian look there's been a lot of negativity surrounding brian kelly i think joe the last three commits that they've gotten Three of them have been five stars. Dominic McKinley, okay. Harlan Berry for twenty twenty five, the number one running back in the country. Now they have the number. One, they also have the number one wide receiver who committed on our show, by the way. you might add, mm-hmm. Corian Moore, he's the number one wide receiver, and now the number one quarterback. Joe, those are all offensive pieces. I, the question becomes for Brian Kelly is simple. Joe Blake Baker is the biggest hire at LSU he will make because he either he's on the preface on the preface. Of getting somewhere that he's going to be every year and turning that page at LSU, or like you mentioned, Blake Baker falls on his face and they're not as good as they need to be. But offensively, they are. I do think they're on the cusp of something. I think there's a lot of negativity surrounding Brian Kelly because of it. Let's see
1: what they do there. Let's see. What Should we do. hit the super chat from our friend Beef Stick? <laughs> I saw
0: that. I have not read it, but I saw the avatar, so I, d- <laughs> I wanted to. So Beef Stick on YouTube.
1: But the $4.99 Super Chat says... I love our listeners. I, I love that this is... This is the, because I, like, I personally identify with people who do shit like this. Like the profile picture, the name, everything. I, I mean, this is fucking awesome. I, but go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I'm not even going to look at the guy, in the, the avatar in the eye. I can't do it. Uh, I, if, if If you don't know what this is a photo of, just how do you not know? Uh, he says, I love Notre Dame, but Blake, your takes on them are far superior to Joe's. He needs a reality check. Michigan will win the national title. No. Got a feeling they win by 17. Come on, man.
1: How, how are you a Notre Dame fan rooting for Michigan? We can't have this. We can't have this. Come on, beef stick. Well,
0: I think there's a – so here's the thing, Joe, and this is a good casual, a good casual thing to talk about. When when you're on either making picks or just even on a show like ours, when does reality become not picking against your team's biggest rival? Like, dude, how many times all year did I tell you that I thought Alabama was going to make the playoffs? Do you think that it makes me feel good? Like, do you really think that my fat ass wants to come out here every yeah. week and say, I think Alabama's good? Do
1: you really think that? Because well, yes. here's a flash. I don't like them sons of the bitches. Well, okay? okay, but I, I picked against Michigan the whole year. I'm just not picking against them in this game. <laughs> I it is it's pained me a little bit to have to root for Michigan. But have I thought that they were the better team when they played Alabama? Did I think that they were the better team in a lot of the matchups they have? Did I pick them over Ohio State when you didn't pick them over Ohio State? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, I mean, I'm just saying. I know sometimes we gotta talk about a re- little reality which Jim. a little reality comes in the form of if we're going to talk Michigan, let's b- bump this up. Jim Harbaugh is in the news, buddy. Not, and I'm not talking about national title. I'm talking about going to the NFL. So let's do this though. Let's talk about our good friends over at Homefield apparel. Joe, I actually wore my Homefield apparel shirt uh-huh. yesterday on our show. And, Two people said they went to Home and Field Apparel. Use the promo code Ruffino and Joe. They bought him some shirts, man. I tell, dude, I love their material.
1: I, I, I oh, such I love- good shirts. I have four of them now. Somehow, as soon as Washington wins, I'm going to buy some more. They're such good shirts.
0: I have a feeling that we're going to have to have a conversation about 2019 Washington, 2019 LSU, because I've been seeing it all over Twitter. If I see it again, I'm going to throw
1: up. Hey man, they're not as good as 2023 Colorado's offense.
0: Did you just wake up this morning feeling like a troll? Like, what
1: uh, I'm not being a troll, I'm just you know, they did troll us. Do you remember that? You got to remember that graphic, though.
0: I, I do remember that graphic, so stupid. All right, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh potentially going to the NFL. We do that next, Salter. Going back to Liberty and Quinchon Juckett's hitting the portal. We
1: get to all of that next. Ruffino and Joe Show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have On the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R U F F I N O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Something that
0: Jim Harbaugh will probably be hearing when he takes his talents to the NFL next year. But, Joe, all kidding aside, there's a lot of rumors and speculation out there about Harbaugh indeed going to or back to the NFL. Uh, I listened to Adam Schefter today, who is, by the way, ironically a Michigan guy. Uh, we're talking about the hire that John Har- that Harbaugh made in reference to the agent that he has, and that you do not make that move unless you're trying to come back to the NFL. Let's take this. Let's talk a little bit more about college on this one, but. Obviously Harbaugh, but even throwing in there, what do you think Michigan would do
1: if Harbaugh were to leave? It has to be promoting Sharon Moore. And I I think that this also plays into why I think that it's clear that Jim Harbaugh's leaving, is that Sharon Moore probably would have interviewed for some openings. He probably would have interviewed for some of the opportunities that were – Open this year, oh my, this like he could have taken up some of these lower P5 jobs. Like he could have ended up at Syracuse. Like that, that's like a really good example of a school that he could have totally have ended up at. But his name didn't didn't come up once, his name didn't come up a single time as a rumored candidate for any school. There's a reason for that. He is one of the most highly sought-after assistants that has done tremendous things in his progression from an offensive line coach to an offensive coordinator to being the interim head coach for a period of time, they're going to promote the guy. That has to be what they're doing. They're late in the game of trying to go find another head coach. Yes, they could go open the treasure chest and try to go hire somebody and spend a shitload of money. But promoting the guy who's already built the culture and been a part of the culture, he's the guy. And I think he's going to be a great head coach. I think it'd be the best possible move than to spend a bunch of money on some random coach that might not work out.
0: I don't disagree with what you just said. I do think that they should. I do think that they will promote more if Harbaugh were to leave. Okay. Where Harbaugh goes, I don't know. It does feel like Joe, though, he's going. Like, uh, maybe I'm wrong on this, or maybe the feel that I have on this is off. I just feel like he's gone, dude. Like, yeah, I, I don't see a path or scenario where he doesn't go now. Now, I will say this. Should they do that? Should they promote more? And let me t- let me just tell you why I'm asking that question. You know who else did the same exact thing when their head coach left? Ultimately did go to the NFL. Was Ohio State. Promoted Ryan Day from within because during that season – he had been an acting head coach because of the suspension that Urban Meyer had had that ultimately got Ryan Day the head coaching job because they had saw it. It was the emotional feel. Maybe Ryan Day should have been a head coach. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been. How's
1: that working out for
0: them right now?
1: I mean, it's, it's worked out pretty good. Like, let, let, like let's be honest. For, I, like, I know that we have expectations. It has I, not. You know that. I, yes, I know that I've come on here and said that he could be on the hot seat if, if they lose to Michigan again this year. But in a vacuum, and just like to remove the expectations. I agree with things, what you're they saying. Been really, they've been really good. I agree with what you're saying now, Joe. Like, don't – Yeah.
0: But to their expectations, right, right? Like, there's a reason why Ryan Day is feeling a lot of heat. There's a reason why Ryan Day is making an offensive coordinator change. Like, there's a re- and we haven't even brought that up. Like, they are making a change, which I guess we kind of should after this, They're making a change along the O.C. Now, does Ryan Day, does he go back to calling play? I I don't know what he wants to do or will do. Maybe he should. But all I'm going to say is, is that can they go and get somebody more experienced that could lead that pro? Like, let me, I'm just going to throw out a name because his name's in there, all right? And nobody will attack me for this. Maybe LSU fans will, but I can take it. You mean to tell me that if, the rumors were true and you don't hire Brian Kelly over Sharon Moore because you know exactly where Brian Kelly can get you in the Midwest. You know it and you've seen
1: it. What you've, you've actually said this on the show before and I agree with it. Michigan is one of those programs that wants a Michigan man. man. They want a Michigan Michigan. man. And I, Brian Kelly's not a Michigan man. He left more, 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 but he's been a, But he's been a part of this football program for a very long time. And you like the you we visually have him being so passionate about being a part of that program that he was crying. He
0: He was crying. He he said the curse words. Everybody got on to him about it.
1: I I think he is the he is the way better fit than going and spending because here's the problem with when you make that transition to go spend a shit ton of money on trying to get a guy to leave. There are ridiculously high expectations now for that new head coach. And then the fallout of when you spending the money to pay his buyout and then the fallout of if you have to then pay him a buyout is unbearably terrible. If Sharon Moore doesn't work, you can just say, well, we wanted to keep things rolling and it didn't work out. I think the fans could be disappointed, but they can't be necessarily upset. It also keeps the locker room together. It keeps the recruiting classes together. I would much rather that than, than trying to go go after anybody. I, I think that there aren't very many good options, and the only one that you could go after is Brian Kelly, and I don't think that Brian Kelly leaves. I, I don't think it's realistic.
0: You don't think they could go after De- DeBoer at Washington, literally hire the coach that you're playing in the national championship with? Like, let me ask you this question. If his services were open, would you tell him no? I, I still don't think that, that Kalen DeBoer let, that's willingly not my leaves. Uh, let, that's not my question. My question is, Is if he were if he did want to go, Because he's not a West coast dude. He he is not. I I think, correct me if I'm wrong. South Dakota. Okay. Well maybe he is. Well that, no, that's Midwest.
1: Well, I'm obviously if Kalen DeBoer said, Hey, I'll come to Michigan.
0: Yes. But like that, well, hold on. That's not necessarily my question, but you don't have those conversations with those kinds of people. If you're just going to go ahead and promote from within, you have no idea who would come there. So yes, I think I think, I think
1: most major coaches would go to Michigan. Michigan has a, a history. I, I agree of being with I a great agree
0: that. I, I agree with that. But you could. Why? Uh, oh, here's a college football take for your ass. You ready? You could look like looking like Dabo with that black eye at the Clemson game. You saw Dabo with the black eye. Yes, I did. Okay. You could be like that team with, like, looking just like Dabo with a black eye on the sideline. If, if you are not careful, do now. Don't get. I am just bringing the question into this. I am not saying I wouldn't promote Jerome Moore at all. Uh-huh. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just uh, all. Uh, at least for me, I am the kind of person. At least I think I'm the kind of person. Search all avenues, like search all avenues, because hypothetically, if DeBoer would come to Michigan, if you don't have that conversation, you're a dumbass. You're
1: 1,000% a dumbass if you do not want to have that conversation. I, I think that the inverse here is important. How stupid would you look having a guy in Sharon Moore who's already there, who's easily promotable, that the locker room loves, that the incoming recruits love, that is passionate about being a part of the football program, Letting him inevitably leave and go take a head coaching job next cycle and go somewhere else and go on to be wildly successful, like how, how dumb could you? I would th- I would argue that that is worse than doing the easy option and just spending a shitload of money on. I'm not on saying to do it. I'm jobs. just
0: telling him to have a conversation.
1: Don't make it that easy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's now, fair. Let's get,
0: the, let's get the hardball for for a quick second here. What do you think, I mean, what's your thoughts on him leaving? You think he's gone?
1: Yeah. I mean, as f- there's so many signals, but I talked about here with Sharon Moore, the, the thing with you talked about with the agent, and then like him talking about the revenue sharing for players, the NCAA mm-hmm. already hates his guts. For him to go out of his way to suggest what he did and saying that the broadcasting deals, that there's money that should be coming out of the administrator's paychecks and the, and the coach's paychecks to go into the hands of the players – uh, him making those statements is an indicator that he doesn't care of the repercussions. I think he's going to the NFL. I think it's a done deal. Where do you think he goes? Char- Chargers or the Bears. I don't see anyone else.
0: Bears would be interesting. I mean, they're a tough-nosed city. You get a tough-nosed head coach that wants to do, and and maybe that could revitalize uh, the Bears' career. But isn't Eberflus the head coach there?
1: Oh, yeah. I guess that they um – it does sound like they're keeping him. Yeah, Which I don't stupid. know if he
0: goes to Chicago. I mean, L.A., Vegas makes some sense. I don't like to fit with him in Vegas at all. Plus, I think they're going to promote Antonio Pierce. You think so? Yeah. I well, mean, He they they might have. move up for Jaden Daniels if he's the head coach. He loves him some Jaden Daniels. Mm. We'll see. Uh, look, I-, I hate when good head coaches leave college and, and go to the NFL. Uh, you know – I always want the game that I love the most uh, to, to stay afloat. Obviously, that being college football. Uh, would, I would hate to see him leave, man. But I will tell you this. Nobody is going to celebrate his him leaving more than Ohio State fans. Oh, yeah. They're going to oh, be yeah. che- screaming from the Raptors that he's gone. All right. Uh, You want to get to some of these transfer portal guys? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. So, Joe, before we get out of here, uh, one big – Player did enter the transfer portal. I'm sure we'll talk about him the most here. Was Quinshon uh, since the last time we spoke? Now, Joe, this has been a, it. Went from a holy moly, he's entering the portal to Ole Miss fans coming out saying, you know, was uh, you know, I, I saw the the guy that's ahead of their collective retweet. You don't ever pay a running back, you know, like it seemed that it was about money. Then all of a sudden, when money started getting thrown around and Ole Miss didn't want anything to do about it with it apparently it was him being a locker room cancer so uh, what are you taking all of this what are you buying what do you think and, and and let's get to the real part how big is it that he's in the portal
1: well first of all I, I just think this is a guy who was a part of a team that wouldn't spend a bunch of money on other players and is saying to himself hey I'm, I'm the most important piece of this offense the offensive success runs through me when I'm on the field and he Wants to get his paycheck. It's it, it's hard to get a long-term good deal in the NFL. Get your money now. I don't blame him for doing that. The $1.3 million or whatever that's been rumored, I don't think he's realistically going to get. That's an insane number no, to give to a running he's not get that. That's quarterback yeah. money. Right. I, I mean, I don't hate that he's entering the portal. I think that a team, if he's smart about it, if he goes to the right opportunity, could really bolster a team's running game. Like if he ends up at Ohio State, Ohio State's a common one that's been brought up. If he ends up with Ohio State, like that, that's a really nice add to that running back room, and he's going to succeed. He's going to have a really good season. Right. Auburn's the other one that sounds like it's very promising, but. Close to his home. Why? Yeah, he's from the state of Alabama. Why would you leave Old Miss to go to a team that's still figuring their shit out for your final season? You know, it, it is what it well, is. That,
0: if it's for money,
1: then money. Right. I think though if he does pick Auburn, he could have a really good year because he is just like a good fit for that offense that that likes to run the football and and that could be the focal point again for uh for Auburn. Let me touch on
0: this locker room thing. How much are you buying on that, Vic? Before I before I get going,
1: I don't. I, I I feel like it's it's just a lot of rumor mill shit. I feel like every time there's a guy that unexpectedly enters the portal, that gets brought up, and then on top of that, it. How much is that not by El, uh, Ole Miss people behind the scenes trying to bring down the asking price to scare away some teams from thinking that he's not? I, that you know, he's not a team player.
0: So that's exactly where I was going. It felt like that they were just trying to get his price down. from Because all of a sudden now he's a a locker room cancer. And it's all over social media. So you mean for two years he wasn't a problem. You let him play in the bowl game and he wasn't a problem. And then, you know, they're they're using this uh, Jackson Dart video as like, he's going over to the sidelines telling, you know, uh, Lane Kiffin to bench him. Jackson, if it wasn't for him, buddy, you made some really bad decisions this year. Now Jackson Dart's not been bad, but he hadn't. I mean, he's made some really bad decisions too. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Joe. Offensively, they started off slow because they couldn't get the running game going. As soon as they played LSU, then all of a sudden they just found the running game. He runs for over two hundred yards, and he's a good back. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know how much I'm buying this Quinchon Jenkins, uh bad locker room. You know, like, I, I'm not I'm not going to buy that, all right? I know how Ole Miss fans uh, move, okay? I've been living with them my entire life. I know bullshit when I smell it, and that smells like bullshit. Now, as far as where he's going, okay, I think that he – look, he can go to Ohio State. I, Joe, I don't think that there's really a team that he can't go to, right? Like, I, I don't – Maybe because Georgia just got ATN. I mean, there are there's some places, yes. Like there's some places that he cannot go that won't probably won't take him. You know who I where I think he could he could go to Texas, he could go to really anywhere, dude. And he, he there are gonna be teams out there that will pay for him, and he's a really good back. Now <laughs> I would not overpay for him. I know he's really, 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 really good. I would not overpay for him. I I sh- I wouldn't even remotely come close to even half of what he's he, allegedly that he's asking. I Joe, would, so I wouldn't give him a half a million dollars for a one-year rental if it saved my life, okay? Maybe if it saved my life, but it's not going to save my life.
1: Uh, see, I, I'm kind of split on this because I agree with that. like It's not worth the money, but at the same time, I think having a really good running back – in college football is very different than in the NFL. And if you've got a guy like Quinchon Judkins, who's played at a high level early on in his career, that could be pivotal for an offense. That could be a final piece that if you're trying to get to that next level, paying him is going to get your offense there. I, I, I think that this adage of, you know, don't pay running backs is just such an NFL thing and it's getting recycled now for college football. But yeah, the 1.3 is ridiculous. I'd pay him half a million. I'd maybe go as far as high as 700. I'm, I'm purely speculating here. I don't really know what exactly is probably an appropriate number to give him. But it doesn't hurt if your team needs juice. If your team needs weapons and your running back room has a limited number of guys, like if you're Auburn or if you're Ohio State and you want to get that final piece and you want to hit the ground running next year, Judkins is the guy to go after. Yeah,
0: I'm just not overpaying for a one-year rental when you're not paying other kids. Because, Joe, this could easily I, – I know Ole Miss, Ole Miss fans are going to hate me for this. This could easily be a Texas A&M type of situation where, hey, you're paying all these dudes and you're not paying me and it fracturing the locker room. We li- right. Joe, we literally just saw that. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No. I've already said my piece on Ole Miss. I think there would be <laughs> – a damn strong team next year. I I come on. I, I'm not I'm not there on that. All I'm saying is is you can try to you can tell me whatever it is, Joe. I'm just not gonna believe it on the young man. So let's yeah. see where he goes. I think it'll be a good one. And who, who knows? It will tell you it, you know, if he goes back to old miss, and all that was BS. So we'll oh wait my and God. see. Uh Salter, the kid from Liberty, entered the portal or was gonna enter the portal but it's not insane at Liberty. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's kind of lame. Just from the sense that, God, Salter's so talented, man. He is such a talented player, a former SEC player. And I I was really hoping to get to see him back in the SEC because I I really thought that he could take that next step and really put himself on the map as a draft prospect because he just does so many great things. And look, it's good for Liberty that they're keeping him and it's nice and all, but what he could do and turn himself into and not and most importantly elevate the play in the SEC for a team that desperately needs a quarterback when there were not a lot of good quarterback options this year in the portal. My biggest red red flag here is what the hell is Auburn doing? This seemed like a slam dunk for Auburn to go and get Salter and then to potentially get his star receiver in CJ Daniels and then a star running back in Quinshon Judkins. That offense would look really freaking good next year and could do some serious damage in the SEC. And now, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. They, they went from being, in a day, possibly one of the most dangerous teams, young teams in the SEC, to now just being back to the same you know, can't, crappy squad that they had last year that's getting a little bit better because those young guys can't step on the field just yet.
0: Somebody's been saying that Liberty paid. Liberty paid him. Liberty got a little money.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what their goal. I don't know what Liberty's goal is, man. I don't know I mean, look,
0: it, there is some message board chatter. Again, I, I don't really believe all this kind of stuff that I was sent uh, about him. I, I think they sent the Rufino and Joe thing. I could be wrong. I, I don't know where they sent it, but I remember reading it. I think it was somebody on on three's, like message board saying that Um, some of the like, uh, academics would not have transferred from Liberty to Auburn. And so then he goes back to Liberty, uh, maybe a great thing. Maybe he's got to graduate, try to graduate early or something who, who knows, maybe he hits, he hits it in the spring. I agree with you. It's a big loss for a team like Auburn, but the kid, look, man, I mean, teams are going to find you wherever. And I think that, look, he could have tested himself in the SEC, probably wanted to, um, but anytime a player goes in the portal and comes back, I always think it's about money these days, Joe. Like, I always just think about, like, man, I, I mean, why would you do right. that if you're not trying to force somebody's hand? Would have made Auburn a lot better, much more of a player uh, in the SEC going in next year. But look, who's, th- who's to say Peyton Thorne doesn't get better? You know, like, that's fair. You know, I that's mean, fair. He-, he came there in the spring. Um, Maybe he you – know, we saw some flashes from Peyton Thorne. It was just – they were so bad offensively throwing the football. And, look, they got weapons now at Auburn. Like, he's got better weapons they can get the ball too, so we'll see. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, to wrap it all up um, – never mind. I'm not going to say it.
1: Washington fans will hate
0: me even, even more.
1: Yeah, don't stir shit, man. We still got the game tomorrow.
0: By the way, guess what? Guess you, you before we before we leave here. Um, guess what I heard in the rumor mill. Oh no, what did you hear? Do you know the account on Twitter, uh, message board genius, and they always tweet these photos of like message boards? Yeah. Somebody said that Ohio State should hire Dan Mullen as their OC. Could you imagine? Dude, that's that's not. That's did, not
1: going to happen. Dan was a really good offensive play caller. Now, did uh, I'm taking us off the deep end? Uh, did you see? I got to send it to you. Did you see the one guy in the the old miss message board that posted about getting drunk and eating raisin bran? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. That
0: can I tell you, man? That's why I love college football. And you know what else I love college football is because I get the opportunity to beat your ass in NCAA. Dude, we're we're six months away.
1: I can't wait for that. I'm going to beat you. I swear to with God, I am going to beat Notre Dame so bad. I'm gonna. No, I'm playing with Bowling Green, dude. You're not gonna be ready for the gameplay. because I know what you're gonna do. You're just gonna try and run the ball against me, and it's not That's gonna, not gonna work.
0: That's not the style. What of do you?
1: What up. kind of offense do you play with?
0: I am really
1: wide, I'm really spread wide open. Oh, uh, so you're gonna try some B- Brian Kelly bullshit, and you're just gonna try to throw the ball all over the yard.
0: Uh, no, I don't. I run the football. You know whose playbook I use? Who? Like in Madden. I use the Giants playbook. I want to, I want the ability to run, run zone, read, run the triple option type of offense. You're going to, I'm going to give myself three options. Either I'm going to run it. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to dump it out in the flat and you can't stop it. Also, another thing that I do is I get Lamar Jackson and run a screen. I run Lamar Jackson all the way to the right, throw it back to the left. And nobody can stop it. It's a cheat code. You're not
1: going to do that against me. I'm not going to let I that 1, happen. I
0: 1,000 will. And Joe, the last time I played like professionally, like I was top ten in Madden. Man, they were ESPN was calling like, "Hey, Mr. Blake." Yeah, you know, I'm, sure.
1: I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to smoke your ass when we get that. I, I hope there's cross platform because that would that would suck. We talk all this shit and we can't even play each other. But oh, no, um, you got to go buy yourself a PlayStation Five. No, I'm not buying that piece of junk. <laughs> We'll see y'all
0: after the national title game. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe Tuesday. Uh, but regardless of whenever we see you, uh, yeah. we'll talk about We'll see y'all then. Y'all have a good night. Peace.